All right. Hello and welcome back, everyone. This is Ben Chiriboga, the Chief Growth Officer here at Nexel, coming to you with another This Legal Life podcast, the Fireside Chat edition. I am sitting here with my very good buddy, Mohib Kidwai. Mohib, what's going on? Welcome to the Fireside Chat series. Hey, thanks for welcoming me. I appreciate being here. Yeah. So, um, so we've gotten to the chance to know each other over the course of, I'd say, the, like the last five, six months. We were talking off off stage. You know, once you meet somebody in this small <laughs> little world, you you tend to meet them in a bunch of different places. <laughs> I've been with you at uh, I've been with you at dinners. I've been with you uh, in uh, lobbies and hallways. I've been with you absolutely uh, just, just walking walking <laughs> around different uh, different hotels and stuff in conference rooms. Uh, the last time I saw you, you were on the stage, and then five minutes later, you were. Uh, you were you were grabbing a grabbing a beverage someplace, so yeah, it's great to see you in this context. And now this just adds to our whole uh, our had uh, yeah. You our, start our wondering if it, who's yeah. following who, right? At that point, exactly. You know? And so, um, but it's you know it's really nice to be here and actually get a chance to talk to you. Um, you know, we we're we're busy folks, so that's that's a good deal. We are busy and talking about being busy. Um, why don't you tell a little bit about your uh, about your background? You are. Uh, law firms through and through you've had a an illustrious yeah. career through some through some big law firms some big names three of the top 10 but uh you know, tell us a little bit about your background and uh your role yeah. right now at brian cave so i'll start with the role right now i'm a senior bd manager um at brian cave Leighton paisner i work a lot with the intellectual property and technology group as well as the litigation attorneys here at the firm but you know overall i've been in the industry now for about probably 15 years. I'm also the president-elect of the um, LMA West region. And so, you know, I've, I've volunteered and spent a lot of time getting to know, you know, our fellow legal marketers, getting to know the industry. Um, but, you know, I've been at firms like DLA Piper, was there for five years, um, been at firms like Latham, Perkins Coie, um, you know, got a start at a mid-sized firm, pretty much been, you know, a West Coast marketer for many years, but then, you know, jumped to the global kind of arena and really loved it because, you know, um, working with just large companies, interesting, smart, intellectual people, um, not to say they're, you know, not at other places, but, you know, there's, there's a, there's a large industrious kind of nature to working with like uh, big firms. And so I've been doing that for some time, um, basically around the business development marketing angle. And a lot of it has come from practice development and, um, you know, honing in that skill. So, and then sector development, working with key client teams, um, learning all the kind of turnkey moments that we have to now develop in a like a post 2008 recession, you know, environment where everything's just more competitive. And so I love legal marketing. This is what I eat, sleep and breathe, quite frankly. And it's it's um, it's interesting because you get to see the growth of lawyers, see the growth of firms and then um, kind of take it from there. But yeah, I've been been in the industry for a long, long time. Yeah, totally. I um you know, there, there's so much to that. And I think one really good jumping off point is really this distinction between pre and post 2008. And I think that's where maybe we're going to go. We're going to talk about some content, uh, but, mm -hmm. a, but a big theme, but a big theme is, is kind of, and it's still a theme that's relevant today is this idea of post 2008 competition. There's the competitive side, there's the digitalization side, and then there's sort of the client expectation side. 
You want to say a little bit about how you think about a post post 2008 world. Uh, you and I are the same age, and uh, you know I know yeah. that, and yeah. <laughs> we really came to came to bear in basically a post 2008 world. But um, that doesn't mean you know that there there was a very clear shift both in the working world um, as well as the mm -hmm. as, as well as the globalization, the the uh, the uh, just just the just how much more the quality of things and in, in, in the post 2008 world, do you want to kind of like set the stage maybe in how you've sort of seen the ramp up of competition as a, as a function of yeah. many different things? Let's say. And, and competition has ramped up, you know, quite frankly, as a result of um, maybe smaller pockets of legal mark, legal work to go around for mm -hmm. a number of lawyers to actually um, get that work. And then um, it's not, it's saying that through globalization, we've had, um, it's acknowledging that we've had a fewer number of contracts, a fewer number of, you know, um, trials, shall we say that those, those items have been reduced, although there are far more cases than we've had before. It's acknowledging that there's less work to go around or, and, and there's, um, but the deals may be bigger. The, the cases may be bigger, but it's really when in-house counsel actually goes out to hire firms, it's, it's a bigger deal now than it's ever been. And it may be also because in a post-2008 recession world, but also just as, as the years have kind of, you know, come on, what we've seen is that law firms, you know, transition from this old model from the 80s and 90s where they, you know, lawyers, these rainmakers existed in far higher numbers and they had institutional clients. And these institutional clients then became far more, these institutional clients, let's say Fortune 100s, became far more complex. They became far more diverse. They became far more, shall we say, choosy about how much they pay for legal services or who their who the real experts are. They weren't just going to their friend. Although, you know, a lot of it still is relationship driven. And, yeah. you know, that's a whole different conversation um, sure. about relationship <laughs> management, identification, cool. things like that. You know, what you see now um, is a marketplace where you have three generations that exist. You have the boomers, you have the Gen Z, you, you have also Gen X. And so the mentality and the shape of those legal organizations in-house is different. And then you see just, um, you know, less work to go around between, um, you know, between firms. And then the cost consideration is far more complex than it's, than it's ever, ever been. So I think that is um, what we're seeing in the competitive nature. So I, I mark 2008 as a difference, you know, but I think a lot of, you know, more modern you know, conversations would also say that, you know, the the pandemic was, sure. um, you know, also a game changer in in changing the way we provide legal services um, and are competitive about it. So that that conversation is still emerging and growing, but it's very similar. There are a lot of similarities to what happened in 2008. Yeah, totally. And, um, you know, those were two big social social uh, flashpoints within legal, I would also actually add a sort of third that adds to this dimension. And you tell me, which is kind of the rise, the rise of in-house counsel over the course of the last 10 to 15 yeah. years. And simply just this idea that companies woke up. I know you have a background in, uh, uh, six Sigma and sort of process. Yeah. Companies really woke up and project they said, management. wait a minute, project management process, there's a lot here. And then whenever mm -hmm. you combine that with a technology stack, when you 
I mean, I came to bear in, in legal technology right around 2015, 2014. You know, I made this jump from being a litigator to, uh, to, to legal technology. And, you know, that was basically the rise of, of true contract technology, true automation, yeah. true document assembly, to, true things that really layered <laughs> yeah. true process in and enabled uh, in-house teams to do six times work. So that's, that's to me another just flashpoint that happened in yeah. some time. And, and now this is just, this is just escalated. Right. And so that's, that's contributory in that, in that capacity. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's definitely another flashpoint because what you saw was everybody, everything moved from paper to this digital landscape. Right. And so yeah. then what you also see now is everything we're moving even more so to this digital media landscape where everything is being done um, and evaluated further, right? So, um, yeah. The, so going, I mean, if you're if you're talking about going back, or if, correct me if you're wrong about the transformation of in-house counsel, right? Yes, right. And so, and the reaction to it has been, quite frankly, that you know, there's been, there's been two routes that companies have taken. Um, a lot of small, mid-sized companies. You see this with emerging companies as well as um, you know, um, I'd say growth growth stage companies, you see them have maybe one or two in-house counsel or they use a small firm because it's, it's quite frankly expensive. But sure. when they get to this larger growth stage, you get to these companies and they, they have a they have a a, a choice. Do we yeah. get this big in-house counsel or do we actually get the idea of having, you know, multiple parties that we work with? More often than not, it is the multiple parties we work with. And then taking someone from either a law firm or someone who's an expertise in the area of law that, you know, the company actually needs to know. Like if you look at an apparel company, they may yep. need an international tax person more than they need an IP person. So they'll make that person a, um, you know, essentially the chief, chief counsel or, you know, the general counsel or the associate general counsel. And then they'll bring based on that actual practice need or what the company actually needs. And so those then, those then become the decision makers, right? And you have to then as a firm figure out if you're gonna be, you know, then now how you're gonna then staff or create your department around, let's say in this example, a tax, you know, to be able to service retail tax clients. Yes. So that's, what, that's something that we've seen in the last few years. And then we've had to respond to it, not only as lawyers, but you know, as business development folks. And so then you have to project manage that and you have to look at like how you're going to be able to service this client who then needs outside counsel to either answer to the other periphery of areas, um, let's say non-tax stuff, IP, class actions, whatever it comes up, or you have to look at how you're going to service them, you know, to complement or answer the more complex questions, which they will pay for if they really care about their business and bottom line. So that's, that's what we're seeing here. Um, is a response by firms to do this and then have to retool everything that they were saying because, or in many cases, they were not saying this 10 years ago to retool what that language looks like and what that content looks like. So yeah. Yes. And totally. then get that message out and create experts essentially. Yes. Okay. So really good. I think we laid the groundwork in terms of what's going on. Really. We have a post 2008 flashpoint that frankly, maybe kickstarted a, a whole paradigm shift in some ways. You have a somewhat of an acceleration with this in-house trend globalization sort of coming on. And then you have the two, you know, basically the pandemic and 
and that adds a whole layer of complication, but also uh, from the perspective of the clients, really, I think like a mindfulness around, oh, wait, you know, we, the, the, we're, we're more fragile. Maybe we need to start thinking about process. We need to be yeah. more meticulous. And I, and I love your, I love your added layer, which is, um, gee, it sounds so complicated even just saying it, but you know, this generational shift that's going on within the work in the, within the workforce and, and what yeah, that and sort needs. of life has and all that needs. That gets us to the kind of one of the pillar topics or the main idea here, which is the idea of content. And I know that you focus a lot of this idea of content for purposes of nurturing clients, content for purposes of client um, client experience, all the rest of it. I know you focus a lot of that content um, yeah. on Fortune Fortune 100 and the larger enterprises. And I know you have a particular viewpoint on what a yeah. post-2008 content experience yeah. looks like for these enterprise clients. So there we, oh. there we are. That's, that's where we're sort of grounding this. And maybe that's a good flash off. Yeah. Do you want to summarize your perspective? Yeah. You know, I, I have opinions, Ben, and doggone it, you're <laughs> going to hear them. There we go. So, you know, if we're going to do this, we're going to, we're going to get to some, some ideations here around this, but you know, I, I think the idea is, is that, you know, content is, is more critical than ever. There was a time people were saying content marketing is key. Content marketing is strategy, you know, is sure. the way we're going to go to market and things like that. And then that part died. And the truth is, is that content, either people got really, um, you know, uh, they started using other means to communicate, which is also true. They started using social media. They started using sure. uh, video. They started using, you know, podcasts. They started using all kinds of means. And then they also focus once again on relationships. But content never went away. It's exactly. like that message, right. that value statement that you're delivering right. basically is the way you're going to yeah. communicate. Whether it's in, um, and, and there's different ways in which I'm not talking about just the pitch itself. Exactly. But I'm talking about the what you tell the attorneys to say. Because if you're acting as a consultant, essentially and that's that's the goal of i think every business development marketing person out there if they're really guiding their clients um you know the clients of lawyers they're also hand in hand being these you know consultants so overall the way we're looking at content now in this in this day and age is that you have to go out and cover as much ground as you can but also be succinct and not waste time you're you're looking ev from everything to sentence as a as a writer, as a business development person, as any any at any level of this legal marketing structure that we call you know um, in this competitive environment, you need to be familiar and know how to write. And that's just my opinion. But I think the more you know, the more you're able to express yourself, um, because we can't do it uh, with clients using um, abstract art, you know. So we can't do it that way. But we need to be able to communicate clearly what our um, intention is what our um, functionality is and what not necessarily what it costs but really what value we deliver and what that package looks like and why it's competitive um, and then what and the biggest question right now people are really asking now these days is you know what makes you diverse but also what makes what what's the why are we going with you seriously like in-house counsel are tired of hearing you know we offer the right package. We have a, a commercial sense of how to do things and how to work things. 
what they want to hear is what makes you unique, what makes you special, what makes you identify with our my core values, my core the core values of the company, so we can go to market together and say we're doing good things and we're choosing the right partners and we're telling that to our shareholders or our C-suite people that we are choosing the right firm and they're getting the job done. And it's not just about getting the job done. So communicating that message and communicating and sometimes that they have the level of expertise and knowledge. And it's not just one or two cases, it's a plethora of cases that can actually state, you know, let's say in litigation or, you know, in different technology transactions, state that they know that space. And, you know, that's happening now with a lot of AI content. It's happening yep. a lot with, um, you know, there are people are saying like, like, a year ago, people were asking, oh, who's a good crypto lawyer? Who knows, you know, the blockchain? You know, who knows smart contracts, for example? And the question was, you know, who really knows it? Because there are a lot of lawyers going on saying they know it. And the, and the reality is, is that you have to then vet that not only does that lawyer know it, because all these people are coming out of the woodwork saying, yeah, I know Web 3.0 or I know blockchain. And you're like, do you really? Um did you know in house council we're asking that right. yeah and before the implosion shall we say but um but now that you know a lot of people are transitioning to ai and chat gpt and things like that and asking that question and you know lawyers are once again saying they can service that but you know their the value statement has to really be backed up and so and and you have to isolate what that target audience looks like but what that target audience is all about and what their values are all you know what what they can relate to um, it's yes. like when you decide to become friends with someone, you, re you realize you have a lot in common. And it's the same right. idea. Yes. So that content needs to reflect that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There, is so, there are so much juicy nuggets in there. I want to pull out a couple things. But I, but I have to ask you, I, I have to ask you something. Yeah. Flipping this on its head, you know, there is this qualitative shift. And maybe it's just generational. Maybe it's just cultural. I mean, we're getting into like, we're, called, yeah. we're getting into cultural theory here, you know, effectively. But why, why are clients, you know, why are clients where they're at right now in terms of, you know, it's just not being the best lawyer anymore and, and sort of saying you're the yeah. best lawyer. Instead, it's something like, well, it, well, it's values and people are, I guess, more aware of their values. It's, it's, I it's a, it's a whole lot of do show me that you know me, but it's even deeper than that. It's like, um, it's like my company has a vision and how aligned are you on where that company vision is going? It's like an entire, it's like an entire worldview effectively that people are trying to right. wrap up their lawyers within and being the best lawyer is a consideration. So what's happening on the client side? in that in that capacity I'm, why is this why is this why are we all why, evolve, why are we all evolving so quickly our yeah. consciousness effectively and and some lawyers may be like no that's not what matters all i need sure, is a description right. and a price and all that kind of stuff yeah but right, why right, does it matter right. now and and that is because i think we're seeing a cultural shift sure. um a shift in people's thinking and how they grew up and yeah. seeing a more um seeing a culture um a legal culture that is a bit more intertwined with society we've had yeah. a number of movements we've had a number of you know moments in our social strata that are trying to be progressive sure um, right. a number of in-house counsel are demanding that you know we have more diverse um individuals but also the people sitting on the other side end up being more diverse i'll give you an example like um i i realized and i was told at some point that you know ups for example has a lot of 
um, folks who are diverse as in-house counsel. In fact, most of them were diverse. Yeah. You have to look at it from two angles. Um, you as a firm, if you really want their work, you should staff and offer up diverse attorneys. And then at the same time, and this was at a prior firm years ago, and yeah. this is so this movement has kind of started and been been that way for a long time. But, you know, when you get not you have and they were asking questions and their RFPs, how diverse are you? And then everybody was answering. We have a Mansfield rule. You know, we abide by this is the hiring practices that we're engaging in. And the, the truth is, like they were saying, OK, but what are you really doing? What are you really yeah. answering? Right. And so right. in the in the post, you know, RFP conversations, right. they would say, like, that's not setting the difference. We as a company. Most of our staff are diverse. Most of our employees are working class employees. They are, um, you know, run the mill people. They service, you know, throughout the U.S. Um, folks that live in these communities. And we are actually giving back to these communities. Like, why can't you do that? And so and why aren't you doing that? And so they're asking more, but they're asking more to reflect, you know, their brand. But also, you know, just just to be better people, to be more integrated than ever before. And I think that's I think that's fair. And so we have to reflect that in our writing and we have to reflect that in, you know, from everything and in, in talking about like how we care as a firm mm -hmm. and which I have to admit, like Brian Cave, Blake Paisner does really well. Like mm -hmm. they they help stand stand out on that regard. Um, and and so when you say that, when you show that, when you demonstrate that in, in the creation of content, but also your story, your narrative then um, companies are just asking for that. There are a lot of companies that will argue, tell you, you know, that look the other way, but over the last 10 years, those companies, a lot of them have changed their messaging. Yeah. Um, and then and then on top of that, they're asking for the legal work and then they're tearing out the legal work. Yeah. Uh, and they're tearing right. it based on the content you write, the offerings you provide. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that quite frankly ends up, you know, changing how how you respond knowing that you fit in the middle tier of what they want, or you yes, right. just want to sit on their preferred panel, for example. And if that's your goal, then that's fine. But if you also want to get the critical cases, for example, with a multinational company, then you have to then demonstrate you are willing to do anything and everything to be, you know, really in sync with their brand and also any movements that they have going. And so, you know, key client teams and whatnot, like help deliver that. Um, and, and keep in line with that relationship, but it starts with the content. Yeah. It really starts with yeah. you saying, like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Okay. So, that was that was beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful beautiful cultural theory, I think, wrapped up and then and then beautiful sort of trail into back into content. Well done. Very eloquent. So why don't we <laughs> why don't we pick up why don't we pick up with this idea of content and maybe um, let's go Let's go, assuming that, you know, what's up listeners out there, assuming that everybody's uh, jiving with this idea and nodding along and saying, yeah, yeah, that makes, that, okay, that, like, that makes a lot of sense. And I, and, I, and I sort of see that. And especially nice little idea about if you want to get into that top tier, it's got to, you, you got to fit into that, into that worldview and you really truly have to understand. Yep. Can, you know, I, can I just about, add like this? Yeah, please go ahead. Can I just, can I just add like if companies do a joint venture or they do a joint project together, with other companies, whether it's licensing products or anything of that sort, yeah. they usually come into sync and it's the same idea all over again. Great, great, so, bam, nice, yeah. very nice, very nice. That's yeah. actually a nice, nice perspective shift in that in that capacity, yeah. totally. Um, the, inter, the intertwining, the intertwining. I, um, 
you know, just as a really quick aside, you know, I was talking to somebody yesterday and doing, doing a fireside chat and within the context of lawyers, just to know what we're dealing with, you know, he deals with lawyers in the context of in-house lawyers getting more intertwined into the actual business. And there was, there's still yeah. a perspective within in-house lawyers where you don't want to be too close with the business. And I just bring that up in terms of there's still resistance to intertwining to your point about mm -hmm. partnership, there's still there's still there still is within lawyers issues about trying to be objective and not intertwining so much and sort of having this detached capacity. And I don't think that that's that's what you're advocating for. It's a both it's a it's a both and here in that in that sort of situation. But I think you would say yeah. like you know inter getting a little bit more in line and getting more curious <clears throat> into into the company is where sort of things are at you know that was just a brief aside and in a complete different capacity but you know a, an antidote as to the internal psychology of of, of yeah of the some lawyers right now in that capacity yeah the, the thing is is that what we've seen over the years is that if you do that you're going to win the work versus those who aren't quite frankly right Sure. And it might Here's be that it. generational shift. So, yeah. Yeah, right. Totally. And, and, okay. Yep. Let's move this into content now. You want to get a little sure. tactical, a little strat strategy in let's terms of... Let's do it. Of, okay. So, we want to... I like, I like the case study. You know, you want to get into the top tier of that panel assignment and really sort of getting that work. Let's talk a little content. You know, what's... Where do we go from here? You know, we, we, yeah. we are totally invested in the idea of get of aligning ourselves with the value and the worldview, you know, my words in this capacity and really understanding what, what that client does, you know, how does content lead in this capacity? Content leads in being the primer to the relationship, to the conversation the attorney is hopefully going to have. They've already had one. Now they're talking, now they're talking business. Yeah. So, um, the content, you know, from a get-go needs to reflect and be succinct in saying, first of all, first of all, like I, I should clarify that, you know, oftentimes people are concerned about and very conscientious about their writing um, and, or they're shy to write. A lot of folks um, these days don't write. And um, I am afraid that a lot of people are going to start using chat GBT to um, author material and that's not going to do yeah. justice. Right. So, and I've, I've heard about it already, yeah. but what lawyers and, and then business development professionals alike need to do is understand that business writing, legal writing is completely different, but yeah. it starts from a place of comfort. And so when they go in and address someone, it's, um, the idea of formal, it can be conversational put into writing. And that is more likely in my experience to resonate. If right. then formal writing. Yeah. So what I mean by that is if you start out with a, a template, let's say it's for a litigation matter or for, uh, yeah, let's use the litigation matter. If it's for one specific matter um, and with the multinational company, for example, it needs to have succinct points as to what, why you're suited for the case, what makes you different, what, but they need to be almost, they're not one-liners. I'm not saying these need to be like tweets, but they need to be succinct enough to say like, we have an offering. And there is a way to structure it in which you're conversationally doing this in writing. And I'll give you an example, a sentence literally that resonates is that, or I've seen this before, is that we are a trusted advisor to Fortune 100 companies. This is why we should represent you. 
That's yeah. not from an angle, um, you know, a good way to sell yourself. But what you can say is that we represent some of the biggest companies in the sector. Let's say it's, um, let's say once again, it's retail in the retail space regarding, um, regarding, you know, intellectual property matters and in, in specific to trademarks around logos placed on clothing. If you say it that way, then you are grabbing the attention in which, and, and if it's relating to obviously the litigation matter there, then if you say that in a very short, terse way, then you're grabbing the attention. And there are other things to note that, you know, a lot of people are not going to read anything longer than what I, I jokingly and, you know, don't quote me on this, but, you know, nobody's going to read something that's longer than a children's book. Like, right. I loved Curious George as a kid. But those books were 32, 32 pages or less, and they were perfect. In a way, a pitch, a content is driven the same way. Now, in a website, you know, a website conversations are different or content is different. And you're basically also getting to the point. You're saying Ben is an award-winning attorney who services, you know, an X, you know, area, but not 10 other areas. You're stating that, you know, you're actually going into a certain targeted area in which you can provide it. Now, obviously, for a pitch, that would be a little bit more specific, but you can yeah. also say, yeah, you do intellectual property matters, but in a pitch, you would say you work on patent, you know, litigation matters, for example. And so when you do that, you revise it for the specific opportunity. So um, that's how you develop. Um, a, you have to, you can't use canned materials. The more you apt you are, the more you're going to le learn, lean on canned materials. You can use it as a starting base, just like people are using ChatGPT as a starting sure. base, but you cannot rely on that. You have to rely on this ability to write, rewrite, customize, target, leave spaces for that. You can create templates, but even then um, you, people can see through templates and in-house counsel are, are expert writers and researchers who have come from big law, who have come from other places, they can see right through it. And if they're gonna see that on the first page, they're gonna be gone. So you need to be able to target that to, um, a, in my opinion, a conversational way. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I want to, that was great. I want to weave in a question here, which is where does the, where does the idea of speaking to values come in best? How do you weave this in? Is this in yeah. the context of a pitch? Is this in a content, is this in a context of, 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 of action? You know, action is content too, yeah. in a way. Is this, is this, are we talking about social? Are we talking about, um, you get you get that you get the point. You know where where does that yeah. idea? Because I actually don't think that that line is is ever clear, and especially probably not not that clear in the context right. of for an individual lawyer, and even more so in the context of the law firm as one firm. Let's say where where does that sort of start? is that smack in the middle of the website, or is that layered more deeply? In the, oh, it's in, it's across in, in different everything. as they say channels, and we sure. can learn that, and the law firms have learned that through um, the advertising industry, essentially. Yes, you know, we've right. learned, you know, how data is collected, data is resourced. And, you know, law, once again, does that, reinvents itself over and over again, is, is slower to adopt a number of these technologies and, and methods. But, you know, using multi-channel marketing to yeah. say that we have one message. And then, you know, at law firms, we call them campaigns. We did this yeah, right. um, when, you know, when I was at DLA, we did this on multiple fronts. If we had an idea or a certain expertise that we acquired or, you know, um, want to address for a certain client, um, then we were able to say, like, we're going to do a webcast. We're going to offer a CLE, but then we're going to offer a CLE in, 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 
area where the content is actually deliverable to what the client is experiencing or what they've told us. And those obviously the conversations the attorneys are having are, you know, are, are very, very informative as to what content you're going to address um, or create and then um, or what kind of decks you're going to put together. And then on the websites then have to be, you know, as once you get into these campaigns, essentially, you're going to um, alter the bios, you're going to alter the practice descriptions as you need to see fit. And in some cases, what we've also done, and I've seen done, and maybe this is helpful for your client, you know, for, for your viewers mm -hmm. or our listeners, mm -hmm. is that, um, you know, there, there are people who create backend pages just for, you know, companies so that it's just for them. It supplies the whole team. It supplies the message that they need to hear outside yeah. of the advertising, you know, they're going to get. So, yeah. Totally. And, and so it goes across all that. And usually it's mapped out. It's, pro it's part of a process. So it's like launching a project. It's like launch, creating a new, you know, uh, movie, or it's like creating yeah. a new product or service. You, like you say, what is this offering? Where do I need to get it out? Where do yeah. I need to get the word out? But also where are my clients going to be? Um, if you're, if you're servicing, you know, and a certain expertise. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So I want to, yeah. I want to, I want to timestamp us and bring us to where we're at. Cause I think we're going to, we're going to start wrapping this up, but here's what, here's what yeah. my takeaways and put, and put, and put me in the right perspective. You know, we have this thesis, which is the world has sort of changed in 2008. There's uh, post 2008, there was three major flashpoints. The first being the financial crisis, which did, it did something. The second is it woke everybody up. Let's just use a, a simple, mm -hmm. a simple story. You know, then you had 2015, which is the rise of in-house counsel and in-house counsel starts to really see, wow, things can really sort of be different. And then you have sort of like a pandemic. And again, it's just reinforcing the fact that sort of changes, changes here in some, in mm -hmm. some broad capacity. This, your totally. thesis is that in this post 2008 wake relevancy and aligning yourselves with the values of clients, especially in the fortune 500 really is the content or it's at least the content that gets you in, into the door. It gets you, it gets you into that trusted advisor space. And that's inverse to just being the best lawyer simply doesn't really pass enough any single day. Um, so that's, that's being what the best we're lawyer. Yeah. 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 I agree with that. Being the best lawyer, stating you're the best lawyer, stating that you can do the work or, you know, yes, or even right. saying like, yeah, I can do that or thinking that your relationship is going to carry you through is not it. Yeah. Um, and, and I think the reason why we're going back here is to yeah. recognize the significance of historical, recognizing the significance of, of our history of legal history and legal marketing history right. is to recognize right. why we're doing what we're doing, but also not to make the same mistakes That's and good to point. see when right. people are, essentially not in, in piecemeal form, you know, what, if, if they're seeing that same 2008 activity again, not yeah, to repeat right. that. And it's right. a, it's right. a cause for saying, I need to, you know, have content that is planned. It's focused, it's mm -hmm. campaigned, it's out yeah, there right. saying, Hey, yeah. um, and, and it's addressing different generations, different mindsets, different mentalities, and it's part of a relationship. And it's, it's not just, um, you know, dropping a, a pamphlet or website content and having it out there. It's far more purposeful and um, engaging yeah. and yeah, and just, just overall valued um, by, yeah. by delivering all those notions.
Yeah. Together. Okay. So that brings us yeah. exactly to where we're at, sort of, if we package our two, our two sentences together. Now, I want to ask you, you know, let's bring it all the way down to tactical and let's bring it all the way down yeah. to your day to day. You know, you are the senior BD yeah. manager at yeah. Brian Cave. You know, tell me about execution here. Tell me about getting this done. Tell me about like, we're bought in. Yeah. You know, we're, we're all the way here and you're, day you're, to day. You're already yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, day to day. And mind you, my perspective is looking up and it's looking down as well, like in, right. across the matrix, right? So it's looking. And so my perspective is going to offer that. And I think that's helpful for you listeners because day to day, what I come in and do is I at least every day free write. If not, I look at, I ideate with my coworkers what that could look like and what would set us apart. If people aren't thinking, or, you know, they're developing a group thing. I don't, I get out of that room immediately. And I say, this is not helpful. And um, because I don't need consensus, I need conflict to be able to create the different types of actions right. that and types of verbiage that then I can put together. But that comfort and that confidence in writing is something that I um, look for and then try to create myself. And then, uh, and then I can ideate around what creates that what makes that lawyer or that practice or that message or that campaign different. And it then develops you into this linchpin, not only at your firm, but it makes you a linchpin in your community to the client. And it has an offering that's, that's um, turnkey and it's special. And it says, I, um, <clears throat> I'm not only pricing you right. I'm not only getting your job done, but I am actually potentially a, it's like, it's like when you yeah. look across someone at the room right. and say, like, I right, can right. be your friend. I can yeah, be your friend totally. for life. This is great. Totally. So it's, it's, it's like that. Um, yeah. But it, it comes from a certain level of comfort. Yeah. I hear you. I totally hear you. I could yeah. imagine that being in that room. Writing. Yeah. I, could, I yeah. could imagine being in that room, you know. And I think at the end of the day, this is hard work. You know, it really, it really is. I mean, you have to have deep empathy. You know, you have to have deep curiosity. You have to have, yeah. you know, a deep sort of sense of, finding the thing right. within the thing within the thing You're, effectively to get there right in in project management they teach you to interview the subject matter experts and right. so that means the subject matter experts are then your lawyers who can explain the law to you and you have to have an appreciation don't tune out you know and say like i get why your area of law is special and this is what makes it interesting and not just the higher level scotus cases for example sure. and then you ask your coworkers what they also think is going on yeah. And, and you combine that and you, so, um, yeah. I think, I think that's what happens on a, on a deeper level. Yeah. So I like, I like putting a capstone. I think we're sort of at time, but also this feels like we yeah. went from super, super, super <laughs> theoretical, super, super high level all the way down to sort of the day-to-day -day practical. Is there anything that we missed? You want to, maybe, maybe is there an element of collaboration? Can I, can I just that's leave you like three, three takeaways or three things Please. to like, just remember. Yeah, yeah because I mean, I'm very passionate about like making sure that there's good content out there because I, I think it makes us as legal marketers and BDs, you know, folks better. But yep. just just understand we're at a point where people need to be direct. So that's one. And then have a deeper understanding and respect for the history as well as what your lawyers do. The deeper you go into their understanding of their practice, the law itself, the cases, the better off you're going to be and be able to like communicate what they are seeing and what they're feeling from their core of what they yeah. are passionate about and also what in-house counsel want to see. And then third is just be comfortable writing. A lot of people are not comfortable writing the, yeah. as the years go on. And so we need people who just 
and write and write. Like, go write a Yelp review or something. Like, I don't know. Write something that gets you to um, express yourself. And maybe it's even um, better for, you know, yourself to be able to talk about anything and everything. And once you're able to do that, then you can communicate effectively. Yeah. I, um, I know that you're, you're a big foodie. Do you actually write Yelp reviews? Yeah. Do you find that this is like a <coughs> form practice? That's, uh, that's yeah, I do. Are you, that's are you, actually I how I got started. Oh my God. That's how I got say started. Less, I, had a, I, had a graduate. Yes. I had a grad student. Yeah. He was just like, write, get comfortable, like mess up all you want. Use all the adjectives you want and be able to phrase things properly. And right. I literally looked at sentence structure. And then when I went to Skadden, I had a, my boss picked up and she's like, you just noticed the, um, you just noticed the phrase changes. And I was like, yeah, she's like, you, those are two people that wrote that. I'm like, oh, okay. This is, she's like, how did you pick up? And she's like, we actually need to fix this brief because it's, yeah. it's due tomorrow. And I was like, oh, I was writing Yelp reviews and that's how I figured it out. You know? Oh my so God. That's, that's the fun part. Dude, amazing. I'm so <laughs> glad I asked that. No, but um, the power of writing, you know, really, I, I just want to plus one that, you know, I mean, it really is. There's, um, it's, um, that that will never go away. I, you know, we could talk about chat GPT. I'd actually, maybe you should come back <laughs> on, on sort of like that sort of whole paradigm or whatever. But, you know, at the end yeah. of the day, I think you're getting to something deeper than writing. Truthfully, I think you're really getting to the idea of, you know, expression and communication in a, in, a, in a way that resonates in, in a, in a way that resonates in, in for, for another human being on the other side of something. Right. Absolutely. Like we're able to communicate really well here, I think. And, you know, the more you can be able to do that in writing in other forms, you know, I, I think love letters are a, a missed opportunity these days for people to write to each other, you know, in relationships. And I, I looked at my parents, we're able to do that and i go wow this is some amazing writing but it's an art you know at the same time so sure. it's it's just so cool when you're able to express yourself in writing and then yeah. also through other forms and um there's something to gain from it for all of us to gain from it yeah and, totally yeah and then hey you get to win work as a, as a result of it too so that's pretty good yeah look so. at that getting paid for your arts <laughs> wow truthfully exactly. who knew all right. Well, we're going to wrap this up. This was another This Legal Life fireside chat with Mokib. Thank you so much. Uh, you really blessed us with something. I felt uh, I felt the resonance. I felt the love of writing. I, um, I, uh, uh, yeah, I, I can only plus one the power of writing, truthfully, ex expression of medium. But, you know, I think we made the case that today, if you can deliver impactful content that communicates deep deep sense of resonance with uh with your with your clients and a show me that you know me but not only that that we can be they we can we we could be friends if i could dare say that in that capacity yeah. right we we all yeah. know what we're talking about here um you know that that's that's the paradigm that we're living in and i think that's the argument that you brought forward uh today and it was yeah it was great to chat with you man likewise thank you all right, everybody, we will talk to you soon. If you like this, please like, subscribe, um, reach out, all the rest of it, and we'll be back soon. Thanks so much, everybody. Take care. <laughs>